Hello mates, how are you all doing? I know what brought you here. Uh-huh, yeah, we do, we do. And don't worry, we're here to enlighten you more about sex. And yes, we should normalize saying it because it's completely normal. Sex. This podcast aims to share to our listeners the definition of sex, contraceptives, and abortion. Now, we have Marian Ilagan here joining us today as we tackle more about it. Hi, Marian. Kindly introduce yourself to our listeners for today's podcast. Hi. Hi, everyone. Um, as I said earlier, I am Marian Ilagan. Um, you can call me Marian or Jan, whatever is comfortable for you. Um, so I'm currently a college freshman. Um, and generally, I'd say I'm interested in a lot of different um, social issues, for example. But I think um, sexual education, um, sexuality, soji, uh, holds a special place in my heart. Um, which is generally why I try my best to equip myself with knowledge to navigate it and try to inspire others to do the same as well. Okay, thanks for that, Marian. So, let's talk about the D. Some people don't even like saying the word sex because there's a certain stigma when it comes to it. Even in saying sex, dick, vagina, penis, people kind of just shiver or shudder at the thought of those words. It's in most people's response to be kind of off about it. But in your opinion, how can we remove the stigma for the youth to talk safely about sex, the reproductive system? Uh, okay, so I think there are two institutions um, that we need to talk about when we talk about trying to change like the system or like the stigma. Um, first, I think family. So uh, this can happen in the form of um, parents, Uh, choosing to use other terms, for example, that aren't necessarily like I'm not sure if you've heard of stories where uh, a, a female's like vagina is called different, like cookie or something, um, a different food, for example. Uh, we think those are things that shouldn't be part of the conversation anymore. Um, it just increases the stigma around these words, saying that they're quote unquote bad. So starting from uh, home at a very young age is something that can help alleviate that. But second, I think um, the school is a very important institution in contributing to the conversation. Uh, we learn about reproductive health to a certain extent, which I think is very insufficient. And I'm pretty sure you guys can agree um, that what we thought in school is limited to the actual reproductive health system, like our, our organs and everything, but we don't actually talk about what real reproductive health looks like um, in society. And considering that those are formative years, um, I'm pretty positive that the family system, the family system and the schools are a big contributor to removing the stigma. I don't think it would be right for me to call out um, social media in this part because I think in the past few years, social media has done its part in um, trying to help remove the stigma that I think we should put back the autonomy to institutions that actually have stigmatized these words in the first place. Thanks for that, Marian. I completely agree that to some extent, society and our school system, our institutions, built in our nation kind of perpetuate the stigma. And I think that's mainly because being in a Catholic-dominated country, 
it is a big deal to kind of you know lose your virginity at a young age let's say between the teen years to early 20s and that's because we start becoming sexually active when we hit 18 years old or even 16 years old and this is the time where we meet girls or boys and parties soirees or, or maybe even school fairs and is it our very nature to start taking interest in sexual pleasures as we reach our early adolescent years i mean this is also when some young adults kind of give into the sexual intercourse of sex however does this also mean that these young adults commit the sin of premarital sex or fornication what are your thoughts on that marian um i mean the simplest answer is yes uh because it really is by definition premarital sex i don't think we can uh, squirrel away from that truth uh, i think the real discussion here is whether or not premarital sex is good or bad um, and considering that we are in a catholic uh, dominated country um, it's definitely against society right it's against the stigma um, we're, we're taught in school um, pretty sure we also have laws or like in general just traditions that are are against um premarital sex and i personally don't think it's bad um it's not sorry i'll rephrase that part i personally don't think it's bad to have sex you aren't to have sex with someone you aren't married to um that's not to reflect the views of my upbringing of my family or the school that i uh, studied in before um but personally i understand the needs of the human body and i also understand that this can be completely separate from your religious affiliation um i have a lot of friends who have great relationships with god um but they also take take part in premarital sex and i don't think that they're mutually exclusive um they're people that have deep relationships with um these higher beings and they understand that it can be completely separate so i don't think that it's really it should be a factor especially like in this day and age um and it's quite unfortunate yeah, that uh it's become a big deal especially in like smaller like in in all all girls schools or all boys schools like it becomes the talk of the town parang ay hindi na virgin parang ganun um it's really unfortunate and frankly quite disgusting like it's the body it's the human body uh why should we be freaking out over what happens to it right i completely agree with you and i think losing your virginity is kind of such a big deal for most people because it takes away Uh, a sense of pureness with the human body but to be honest it really is just kind of a social construct that we've mm. created so that kind of brings us to the topic of safe and unprotected sex so here we have the controversial unprotected raw sex so unprotected also known as raw sex is when you have sex with someone without the use of condoms this is where the famous pull out game comes into play but Is it really effective? What do you have to no, say about that? Definitely not. Uh, if I'm correct in understanding, uh, sorry, uh, if my memory serves me right, um, pulling out has um, 
like a 79% uh, efficacy rate. I'm not sure if that's the phrase I should use. Uh, but it's only 79% effective or around that range um, in preventing pregnancies. Um, so if my knowledge of science serves me right, um, secretion or like semen produced before um, a guy orgasms can still hold uh, sperm. So even if they pull out, it's not 100% effective uh, as stated earlier. But I think what's even worse is um, there is a veil of um, protection. Uh, a lot of people think that, oh, just because you know, it doesn't happen inside or um, they're not really like you know, it's not touching or whatever, but the acts still happen. There's a lot of like weird science behind um, pulling out and like just sperm and semen in general. Um, if you try to look it up, there are many different cases where um, penetration doesn't even happen. Um, but I don't know, some parts get somewhere, some stuff kind of gets sprayed everywhere, you know. Uh, we don't know the human body as much as we'd like to. Uh, so I really don't think it's effective. I do not recommend it to anybody at all. Right, right. There is, you know, certain uh, consequences or possibilities when partaking in unprotected sex. But do you believe that we should still explore uh, partaking in unprotected sex? Because we all know that one wrong timing can lead to an unwanted pregnancy. I think there is a... What do you call this? There is an unnecessary pressure um, created by, I'd like to say, like it's manufactured by our society, um, where there's a pressure that's like, oh, raw sex is the best, or it's like, um, oh, you have to do it bareback or like raw. I, I don't want to prescribe to this, um, and I don't think that it's a statement that should be propagated by the same society that condemns unwanted pregnancies. I definitely think there is an imbalance in, for example, what we see in pornography or in um, media, um, where we do see examples of unprotected, unprotected sex, quote-unquote, um, except we don't actually know what happens behind cameras. So we don't know if they've, you know, they've had vasectomies or if they cut off their cord, like, you know, if they, they had different forms of contraceptives. Um, there's just really an imbalance um, in what we know, what we're informed as by media. And in general, I just say don't uh, do unprotected sex, um, especially given that we are in a country that doesn't really have enough mechanisms if your, you know, your bout of unprotected sex becomes uh, a child or you get pregnant. I completely agree with that. And to some extent, though, there are still ways to kind of countermeasure that. And there are ways to contra the situation, which, as you mentioned, goes through the form of contraceptives. And contraception is basically an intentional prevention of pregnancy through the use of different devices and over-the-counter drugs. So these are condoms, pills, and IUDs that are available in this country. But are we aware of these? Are we aware of how to use them? So I don't think a lot of the youth or people in general, um, especially in the Philippines, are aware of the different contraceptives that are available. As far as I know, condoms are the extent that the Philippine government or um, Department of Education, I'm not sure, um, but government system are willing to give to students or to the youth. 
which is terribly uh, unfortunate, given that they are not the most effective as well, um, and they're not the most what's the word? Uh, they're not efficient. Um, if I remember correctly, condoms are maybe ninety-one percent. If I see, well, there are a lot of different um, numbers. Some sites will tell you ninety-nine, some sites will tell you ninety-one. Um, but if I remember correctly, it's around ninety-one, ninety-two percent um, effectivity. And that's to say that condoms are actually used properly. Um, oftentimes, we aren't taught how to use them, so they end up being too big or too small, or um, they chafe, and all of those added together equals you know, an unwanted pregnancy or um, not the 91% that's already too little for a good efficacy rate for contraception. Right, right. So do you think that the different types of contraceptives and how to use them should be taught in schools or even at home? Yes, yes, definitely. Um, I think that there could have been so many unwanted pregnancies avoided just by informing people that these exist, um, especially at home, right? In school, I kind of understand the apprehension um, with Catholic schools, um, even if I generally still believe that in all schools, regardless of what religion um, it should be taught. Um, but as I circling back to what I said in my first answer, um, I think both. Um, they have to work hand in hand because your, your life at home and your life in school, they kind of have to match. Um, and oftentimes, there's a complete lack on both ends for contraceptives uh, that are available. And it's not even just what kind of contraceptives are available. It's contraceptives in general. Um, I'm not sure if, you know, you had the same memories as me from high school, but in Catholic schools, the, well, it's the RH law now, but when it used to be the RH bill, you know, they were heavily against it. It was heavily against um, the Bible and everything. Um, so there's really no knowledge about it. Um, and it was, in fact, even demonized in these schools. Um, so it is quite unfortunate that that's what happened. I can definitely agree with the fact that way back in high school, um, especially in the Catholic schools that we kind of grew up in, they're completely against, you know, premarital yeah. sex, much more contraceptives. And I think one of the reasons as to why individuals choose to do unprotected sex instead of buying contraceptives is the fact that they actually have to buy it. So imagine you're in Mercury Drug or maybe Watson's and there's kind of a shame factor into buying yeah. contraceptives. And not only that, pills can cost up to 700 pesos. And although condoms may cost way cheaper than pills, you're going to have to keep buying if, you know, you're planning to have multiple rounds of sex, you know, right? <laughs> and I think when it comes to men, at least, they're usually the ones who buy contraceptives, particularly condoms. And as mentioned previously, there is kind of a shame factor on it when buying um, condoms in, say, 7-Eleven, Mini Stop, wherever, and with that in mind, do you think that the Philippines should offer free contraceptives, especially for young adults? Yes. Um, I I think in general, um, 
regardless of like your age, your sexuality, whatever, like all people, um, contraceptives should be a universal, you know, health right. Um, it should be all. It should always be available. And um, okay, so here's the thing. Uh, I think it should be part of the healthcare system. Uh, it's directly related, right, to our population, to how best we can take care of our citizens, because you know, overall overpopulation and all that. Um, except currently, that isn't the case um, with what actual free contraceptives that the government gives, which. I, if I remember correctly, it's just like badly made condoms, um, which I heard from, I guess, my friends or even from the internet. Um, they're thick, pa, so they're not comfortable. Um, people don't use it because it's, you know, it's not what they, they'd rather have, you know, when they're um, having sex. Um, there definitely, definitely should be a way to make it more palatable, like to make the idea... And to make the act um, of using protection a lot safer and a lot easier, um, and definitely, yeah, uh, the the cost of buying condoms usually goes to the guys. That's um, that's true, naman. But I think that the more important question here is how come there is a bigger pressure for women to get contraceptives, right? Or uh, pills, for example, which is if um, you guys didn't know, uh, you have to take a pill every day at the same time, you know, forever, uh, lest you miss a day and then your cycle gets all wi- like wonky and the contraception doesn't work. But even pills are 95% effective. Um, and going back to what was mentioned earlier, um, IUDs are. I think the most effective, if I'm not mistaken, um, it's around 99% effective. But the process is literally placing an implant inside your vagina, um, which can move over time and cause cancer. Um, most of the times, what works is a copper IUD, which may be bad for your body depending on your body type. Um, another type of contraceptive would be um, an arm implant, um, so it, it's usually on the the upper arm, um, which lasts about three years. Um, so that one I think is like around 98, 99% effective as well. Um, and I'm forgetting one more. Ah, uh, there's an injection. Um, it lasts for about three months. Um and it's around 97% effective. Uh, take my percentages with a grain of salt, but if I'm not mistaken, those are the ones that I remember. Um, but generally, all of these, like let's clump it together. Um, they all have really, really bad side effects. Like, I think there's an important discussion to be made that condoms are quote unquote uncomfortable, expensive, right? Um, as you mentioned earlier. Maybe it's not good for the guy, like how it feels and whatever. But if we look at how contraceptives look like for women, we talk about side effects of depression, acne, weight gain, mood swings, which are already symptoms that women feel every month on their period. So it's even amplified. Uh, so it's already bad that those are the only options we have. 
the fact that we have to pay for them is even worse. The fact that we can't find them in society is even worse. Um, there's an org. Um, it's called Likhaan. And they provide these services for free. So you just walk up to the clinic. I'm not sure how they function now. Um, but it was my friend who like is really an advocate for them. And she tells me, you just walk into their clinic um, and you just ask for what contraceptives they have available and they'll tell you what they do have available. They'll do it with you on the spot or they'll schedule an appointment with you um, next week, for example. Um, so there are organizations um, that have these systems and give it for free, in fact. Like, honestly, it's really surprising. Um, like, imagine getting pills for free or getting an IUD for free. Like, that's a, that's a dream for, you know, uh, women all over the world. But I don't think it's enough. Um, it should be institutionalized within the government um, of the Philippines, not just in some organizations that don't have access to all of the women in the Philippines. I completely agree with you. And right now, with the current situation of contraceptives, both globally and nationally, it's it's no secret that there are each each one has its own um, pitfalls or consequences. And with that in mind, with the certain nuances of contraceptives, we all know that, sorry. Um, so, with, so with the nuances of contraceptives, we all know that unprotected sex may lead to unwanted pregnancies. Thus, the option for women to abort her baby. But unfortunately, this option is not available to Filipinos. So should abortion be legalized in our country, given that we are a Catholic-dominated country? Yes. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think abortion should be legalized in our country, um, regardless of whether or not we're a Catholic-dominated country. Um, I think this can be dissected a few different ways. Um, the first being that um, how Catholicism looked like maybe 50 years ago looks very different to how it looks like today. Uh, this means our generation standing up to offensive practices or um, racist practices, sexist practices of, of Catholicism. But understanding that maybe we can separate it, right? Maybe we can still believe in Jesus and God. So that's the first discussion. Um, Catholicism just looks different. I think secondly, we have to talk about how abortion and its legality, so that's the law, right? That's under the government, should be inherently separate from religion. Um, I think most of us can agree that uh, the state and the church should be separate entities. Um, for some unfortunate reason, the Philippines has not caught up to the times and it's still very, very integrated in our country. This is bad because there are so many other Filipinos that aren't Catholic that would like to have this option uh, of abortion. But even worse for those who also adhere to the religion and yet have been failed by the system that they want to protect. Um, in general, I don't think we have to talk about like why abortion should be legal in the sense that the top of my head like there are reasons that are like rape 
right? Um, you don't want to keep that baby, for ex- like raped by family members or like strangers, whatever. Like so many reasons of that that part alone, um, we should allow already. But I think we should also talk about if somebody's financially unable to provide for their child or they just really don't want a baby or an accident just happened. You know, these are unavoidable circumstances. Regardless of the reason, um, I do think abortion should be legal. And the third discussion here is that legalizing it will not change how it's already being practiced today. Um, abortions happen every day under underground, you know, in the black market, in very dirty clinics, hidden um, underground type offices. And these women who unfortunately have to resort to these means uh, in order to save their lives, in order to say that they have a future, for example, um, they'll just get sick. You know, um, these aren't the most sanitary, they're not clean, they're not healthy. And the rates of abortion are really not just going to change. The best thing we can do at this point is to accept that this is a part of life. You know, it's a part of human nature. Mistakes happen. Um, people don't want babies now. Can't afford. Or they don't want reminders of incidents that were forced upon them. Regardless of the reason, there has to be a way to still protect those women at the very end of the day. Um, I think the controversial opinion here from me is that the same mouth that says it is, you know, against life to kill a baby should also preach that it's against life and against, you know, their religion to allow a woman's health to decline, to die, um, to deprecate, especially in the environment that women still really do have it hard to this very day. Yeah, so after that whole ramble, yes, abortion should be legalized in our country. Right. And I think it's no secret and it's pretty evident, especially for Filipinos who are living in the country, that there is no evident separation between the state and the church. Mm -hmm. And that usually leads to unorthodox methods that you mentioned for kind of preventing unwanted pregnancies. Um, Mm -hmm. I think we know from, for example, if I'm not mistaken, the movie Juno, she was drinking a lot of orange juice in order to kind of uh, contradict or contracept her pregnancy. And that kind of of leads us, us young adults, to not knowing where to go or who to go to when we need sex advice or when we encounter issues or queries with regards to our reproductive system. And some may be lucky that they have parents or teachers who are open to converse about these things. But what about those who have no one to turn to? Like, sure, we can go to our friends, but that won't fully assure us that we are getting the right information, right? And what they say could be myths or or misinformation that's been perpetuated by just, you know, constant passing on of this information. So who should be there? Or who can we go to? I think our generation has it a bit better than right, the generations in the past. Um, we live in an age where information comes freely at our fingertips. And you know, we obviously have to be more critical and be more discerning about the information we consume. 
but generally i'd say there's much more information available um for students like us you know for the youth um i'd probably start with going through videos um what helps for me personally is or just like absorbing information in general about anything is to try to look for video essays or um q and a's on youtube um i found that even on um even on tiktok there are ob ob gynees there are um reproductive health doctors that advocate for safe sex and for um contraceptives and all that um many of our platforms that we consume every day have these information available and if we're talking about legitimacy here i think the first thing to go to or like the first thing to maybe try and explore would be checking sources um there's so many videos now online um that you can look up um but secondly you can maybe look at orgs so there are student organizations or uh, ngos as well that provide information drives um for you to know more about these topics and they condense it in a way that um you know doesn't really go around in circles um so you know we are able to access this from the comforts of our laptop or from our phone without having to go through awkward conversations with our parents or siblings or our friends um so that's good um and that's great um except i understand the apprehension with i guess they're not being a connection um it's obviously different when you know you have a friend who is maybe experienced or um is really knowledgeable about these things or it's just really different when you know it's more personal connection with these people so i think what you can really start doing is trying to incite conversation with people around you um i'm pretty sure they have great insight about um their experiences how they feel if they don't necessarily feel the same the same way maybe you can discuss your differences um if it's possible try to talk to your parents about it i know that's really really awkward because uh, the there are parents but i also think that's a that's still something that we should try to strive for you know if we really want to change the landscape of discourse regarding um sexual intercourse um generally yeah i would say that there are really a lot of avenues now and really we'll just like search on google marami kang makikita you guys are going to see a lot of different or differing opinions and everything better than you know before um if you really want it to be like as you know legal or or like as legitimate as you want um as far as i know there are free clinics online um that can probably answer your questions um and these orgs also have doctors on call so you know if you have urgent um issues or problems that you really need to discuss with professionals they also have those available on hand um so you have that at your um, disposal as well thank you so much for that marian and i think it just goes to show that right now young adults are in a predicament of sorts when it comes to their sex life whether it be contraceptives um through the stigma or the institutions that have been built to prevent safe premarital sex and i think what what really needs to be done right now is what we're doing and that's 
clear and concise discourse and conversations about these matters. So again, thank you so much, Marian, for sharing your thoughts on abortion, contraceptives, and premarital sex. With that in mind, are there certain maybe institutions or websites, maybe TikTok accounts that you would recommend to promote healthier sex? Uh, sure, sure. Um, so first, like maybe contraceptives, um, you can look at Likhaan or Likhaan Women's Org. I think I'm unsure about the full the full name. Um, but yeah, Likhaan provides free contraceptives. Um, so IUDs, injections, um, pills, condoms as well. Um, and they check on just general, you know, female reproductive health. So it doesn't necessarily have to be about sex as well. Um, you can check out uh, Amarella PH for um, more information about um, safe sex, contraceptives, uh, and you know, the whole discussion on um, premarital sex and all that. Um, and just having sex in general here in the Philippines. Um, I'd like to plug as well um, for those who are listening and, you know, um, so we understand like the discussion on um, sex and like abortion and contraceptives. I think we can't uh, divorce the fact that sometimes um, it does end up in um, sexual violence or instances of rape. So if that's the um, problem, you can approach Sulong Philippines, um, which is basically an org that tries to help you bridge um, seeking justice and recovery um, for those instances. Um, and I guess a closing statement na lang, if I may. Um, don't be afraid um, of sex. I definitely think that with enough preparation, pardon the pun, it's not something to be scared of. Uh, it's human life, you know, it's human nature. Um, that's how we were made. That's how the future generations will be made. It just comes down to how prepared you are for it talaga. Um, I recommend you read up on people, you ask around um, how to be safe at best, especially now. Maybe don't do it now because it's COVID. But generally, um, yeah, I think removing the stigma also constitutes like, con- Sorry, removing the stigma on like sex and contraceptives and all that um, will also come down to just admitting that like yeah, sex is normal. It happens to everybody, and um, unless you're um, with respect to those who aren't interested at, interested in it at all, um, most of society will inevitably come to a point where that becomes a reality instead of something that we just barely discuss. Uh, and yeah, I hope everybody listening to this podcast is safe right now um, in this pandemic. And in the future, I hope you practice safe sex. Right. Thank you again for sharing your thoughts, Marion. And I'd, I'd actually just like to add that there is actually a website where you can get contraceptives for a very affordable price. And it's called DIMA, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Yes, short yes. For, yeah, short for DIMA Bubuntis. And um, through their ads, at least that I see on Facebook, they employ very discreet delivery. So maybe if you want to hide your delivery from your parents or you don't want them to know that you're sexually active, uh, Dima's got you. <laughs> and again, thank you, Marian. And to our listeners, thank you for listening in. And we'll see you next time, mates.